Welcome to the, the Midweek Debrief with your hosts, the London Bonnie and Scrambler of London. Welcome back to the Midweek Debrief. Thanks for joining us for episode two. Here we are. How's your week been? Well, it's been uh, exciting, let's put it that way. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Tell us what's happened. So, uh, I had, there was an event for Mallet at the Morgan Works uh, in West London. So, Wednesday evening, took a cruise across London and it was fine, roads were dry, it was probably three or four degrees. So, cold but bearable. And um, we were there for a few hours and left sort of probably around 11 o'clock. Temperature had dropped quite a bit and just a friend and I riding back to East London. Not going too fast by any means, but, um, but cruising. Cruising. And uh, yeah, it just came into a left hand and the front just tucked. And I went down, the bike slid along the tarmac. Um, it wasn't ideal. Wow. So I think it's worth mentioning to anyone that doesn't already know, but London, since our last podcast episode was released, has dropped about 10 degrees in temperature. It has gone from an average of about nine to maybe minus one on average. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm no meteorologist, but... No, well, this morning I decided to come in the car rather than the bike because it was literally minus four degrees, frost all over the roads, and it just wasn't smart to get on the bike. Yeah. Um, so... The London body went down. Were you okay? Yes. So I luckily was okay. I just bruised hip, slight graze on my elbow, um, had my kit on. So that saved me. Um, did, did any of the kit get damaged? I mean, no, I mean, I, ribs or... no, nothing. Um, surprisingly, no damage to the kit. Um, Do you think that's because you were sliding on ice? Well, that's my thought. The road was, once I got up and I sort of run my my boot across the tarmac that's was, always that's always the test yeah it? it was it was quite <laughs> slick um so yeah picked the bike up and then went to push it out the middle of the road and it was just very heavy to push and i looked down and i see that as the bike had skidded along the, the road it hit an island dislodged the rear caliper carrier out of the swing arm so then essentially my rear brake was locked on oh, i see so then i was like what are we gonna do stranded in the middle of london far from home um it was actually very fortunate that we managed to wave down a van um, who have to be coming back from a night shift, had tools. He helped us out, managed to get the bike to the point where I could ride it home, sort of limp it home. And then uh, spent the next day frantically sort of repairing and looking for parts, which thankfully you had. Yeah, well, so Jed gives me a call on whatever morning it was, Friday morning, saying I've had an off on the body. And um, of course, my first response is, is the bike okay? Um, second question is, are you okay? <laughs> and, um, and you said you needed a caliper. And, um, for those that don't know, I have a, I have a second scrambler, which is in, in bits. Um, I had a crash a number of months ago, which will be, we'll have to talk about that on our yeah, motorcycle crash definitely. episode coming up. Um, but anyhow, I've got a, I've got a scrambler stashed in a storage unit, um, which I've been slowly pulling apart and, and flogging the bits um and so i said to him yeah i've got everything you need rear caliper um any, anything else yeah know, just just come on down and we'll 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 rip it off and, and get get you get you back on the road and so it was that afternoon wasn't it that you, yeah yeah it was the afternoon yeah. I, I came over 
rip the caliper off, a few other bits that I needed, the shift lever and pillion peg and just bits and pieces to get me by. And then uh, went back to mine and sort of in the darkness, minus two, trying to get the bike back into one piece so I could use it the following day to get to work. Um, and so caliper went back on and, and you were good to go? Yeah, new new replacement caliper and the carrier all back on. I swapped the pads over and yeah, back on the road. She's up and running again. Good. Um, one thing I did have to do is my kickstand had sort of, where it joins the frame, it bent open a bit. So I took that to work and heated it with a blowtorch, put it in a vice, crimped that shut, got a new bolt for it. And yeah, happy days, back in business. Oh, so good. I tell you one, one thing about, you know, people say, oh, London's so busy and riding in London must be awful. But one thing I would say is that if you do come off and you have an, an accident and, uh, and there are broken parts or whatever and you can't just ride off, there's so many people around. Yeah. And so the chances of being able to hail down a van with tools are quite high. Yeah, there was a good chance. Yeah, whereas imagine if you're in the middle of nowhere in the countryside and you have an off and your oh, you'd be bike's stuffed. in a bush. Yeah, you'd have to... You know, I don't know what you'd do. You'd be stuffed. Because yeah. we had, I think, about three three or four vans passed us before the one finally stopped. And oh, it was okay. it was a top gen. Uh, it's like the story of the Good Samaritans. Yeah, <laughs> really good bike. Um oh yeah no it's brilliant so that's been my week pretty much that's well that's been the most dramatic bit of my week <laughs> yeah it's always always a highlight or, or a low light yeah um but yeah other than that it's uh yeah london is cold what about you well yeah no i've had a good week um apart from helping you out with with your, <laughs> with your bits um no i've been i've been busy um for me this this week's been where all my bikes have their mot due um, all at once or well all at once yeah well not all on the same day but pretty you know all come yeah all land within a week and so for those of you that don't know the mot is the uh the uk's kind of health annual health check for yeah all, all good locals. way to sum it up um and yeah so i had to i had to make a few adjustments to some of the bikes to make sure they're fine none of them have been mot'd yet so that's my job for next week next week yeah um but uh i, I found that some of the mechanics around me have been sort of less responsive than usual i don't know if that's because of the, the cold or, uh, or i don't know what, maybe anyway yeah i've got to get that sorted um but no, other than that cracking on and had had some good rides but um yeah and some, some exciting little shoots um but yeah the, the cold has definitely stood in the way yeah just a little bit and um, i think it, it must be seasonal but london has been exceptionally busy yeah it's rammed it's completely rammed especially yeah. central central yes. london central london i was in uh covent garden and they've got christmas market there last weekend and you could barely get around absolutely heaving yeah it's 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 full-on um and i think you know where that wherever there are christmas lights there are flocks of tourists yeah um and so yeah to, to be avoided if possible um because yeah it's, it's tough on the bike wading through pedestrians you know even if you're getting a blip of the exhaust yeah no it's definitely and then you have to be extra aware because i feel like a lot of people are so absorbed in their surroundings they don't really pay attention to mm. traffic and bikes and even cyclists and stuff like that so it's important to be aware when riding at this time of year it's funny as well because you probably have it where you'll be riding along it's a green light and you'll watch someone walking along the road and then they turn the corner oh, to cross yeah. the road and you're like here we go you know they're gonna on, walk on, out and then out they walk and you're like okay go on keep going yeah. head in the phone they don't even realize you've stopped no 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 headphones in and you think have a nice day See you later. Um, anyway, so this episode's topic is aptly winter riding tips. Yeah. Um, some say it's 
one of those topics that you don't want to talk about because it's like, oh, should you be riding? Should you not be riding? But it's got to be talked about. A bit about. controversial. But yeah, if you have to ride, a lot of people use their bikes for commuting and mm. they're only method of transport. So I think it's important that there's a few topics we can sort of cover to maybe help you in the winter. 100%. And it seems like bikers are always united, but when it comes to winter riding, are, are slightly divided into two. You get those that drain the oil out of yeah. their bike and they store it for the winter. And then you get those that brave it the all-season riders the all-season i passed two of them this morning and it said minus four and i just thought they are very brave yeah and i think you know we'll we'll, we'll come on to why that that is maybe less brave and more yeah foolish yes Um, definitely so i guess to kick things off the the number one difference in winter riding is is the temperature yeah 100 percent. you've got to there's a lot you've got to consider when getting on your bike when the temperature is this low, loads of different factors. It just from riding to the health of your bike, looking after it, looking after yourself, um, which I think there's a lot of areas that we can cover. Hundred percent. And I think it's always funny this time of year because off the back of summer, one is so used to the bike just being ready to go. You know, the tarmac is naturally warm, the, the air is warm, the, the bikes warm. You know, you just hop on and off you go. Whereas I think at this time of year when when everything's cold, you have to bear in mind that your tyres are going to take longer to warm up. The oil is going to take longer to warm up. Yourself is going to take longer yeah. to warm up. Everything takes if a bit longer. Does. Um, and so you, you, you definitely have to ride accordingly. And I definitely have moments where I'll start the bike up, I'll let it warm up, and I go and start cruising. And then I might give it just a little bit of throttle, a little bit yeah. too much throttle on the lights. And it's like, woof. And you feel you that you feel that rear yep. tire, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even just riding the past couple of days, every sort of corner that I'm going into, I'm just trying to go as slow as I can without holding up traffic because you just don't know. I mean, when I came off in the middle of the week, you, you just can't expect it. The bike just disappears from underneath you. There's no warning. You don't touch the brakes. The tire just goes, and especially when there's ice and stuff around, you have to almost be careful. You have to look for every single sign on the road mm. that could be ice, whether it looks like a puddle or a patch of frost or something, and you just avoid it. And even even during the summer, we had a friend who unfortunately uh, came off his bike after hitting a diesel spill. And, um, yeah, you know... Because he'd, he'd come around a corner, hadn't he? And then, yeah, and yeah. Then he'd come around the corner, thought it was a puddle. It looks like a puddle. But as soon as you hit diesel... You just go down like that because it's it's like ice. Um, so unfortunately, he sustained some damage to his bike, um, but it just shows you that how aware you have to be of the road surface. One hundred percent. And I think uh, alongside that, you have to make sure that your your mind is focused as well because yeah. that, that's that's just as important as as making sure that you're not right. Well, what, what were you saying about the um, who you saw on the scooter? Yeah, well, so this is this is a funny thing. So I was I was riding along from I was meeting you. We had an exciting meeting on on Friday yeah. afternoon, and I was riding from Soho to um, to the South of the River, and I was sitting at a set of lights, and I looked to my right, and there's a Zagana scooter, so delivery rider, and he's head to toe in all the gear, the hand muffs and everything, mm. and there's something playing on his screen, and then we go off the lights, and he keeps looking down, he keeps looking down, he keeps looking down, and he's breaking quite late, and so I pulled up slightly close to him at the next set of lights. And he was watching the World Cup match on his phone. No way. And he had it. Yeah, he had his phone kind of uh, locked into to his handlebars. Yeah. In portrait mode, but with the the match playing on landscape. And uh, and I said to him, 
are you watching the football? He said, Brasilia, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, wow, that, that's dedication. But you know, in the moment I thought that's hilarious, but then in hindsight, I thought that is, that is slightly, slightly foolish. Cause, uh, you know, if his mind is elsewhere, well, you need it, so much focus this time of year. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think one thing that's really important on that is, is keeping warm because I don't know about you, but when I, when I'm on the bike and I'm freezing, you can't I, focus. No. No, no, because all you can think about is how cold you yeah, are. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think when it comes to when it comes to riding, your hands being warm are vitally important. They're, they're one of the most important yeah. things. And I'm personally an advocate of heated grips. Jed is not because he <laughs> prefers the look of his his built well grips. Well, I, if I could uh, find a way to integrate sort of heating elements into my built well grips, I think I'd go down that route. But for now, it's just thick gloves for me. Yeah, you see, so my, my, my view on this is that I like having I like having the feel of, of, of the levers and, and the throttle. And I think we've we talked about this before. Yeah, we I've have. said that whenever I put thick gloves on, um, I feel like I've got less, there's, there's more between my hands and the controls. And it sometimes, you know, it feels like I've got less control. And so I I wear I wear basically summer gloves all year with round. With the heated grips. With the heated grips. And that has worked, it's been fine so far I mean, yeah. it's not it's not ideal when it when it's really cold the issue that i have is that the heating effect from underneath from the grips is basically equal to the cooling effect on the top of the gloves and so i find myself not really warming up so a bit like you when if i leave the house and i'm warm i kind of stay warm but yeah. if i leave the house and i'm a little bit cold i, I just you can't just warm up worse no yeah. that's why in the winter whenever i'm going to work I always get all my kit on before walking out the door, yep. gloves and everything. Because if I find, if I go out to my bike and then put my gloves on outside, cold air's got in the gloves, my hands are cold and they just won't warm up. And even, I'm quite fortunate at the minute that my commute's only about 15 minutes. And even in that time this week, my hands have just started getting like to the point where it's getting painful on the fingertips by the yeah, time I get to work. No, for sure. And But another issue I have is that I find my, my levers, because they're made of metal, they get extremely they, they cold. suck the heat out of your fingers yeah literally so it gets to the point where so like, i just uh, i try and use the clutch as little as possible yeah clutch um, is shifting just to sort of avoid touching it. it's horrible it's horrible um so yeah keep your hands warm if you can get heated gloves that is yeah. really that's the winner that is a winner um i'm personally i've never tried them um they're just a little bit too dad mode for me because yeah. <laughs> you, you know, the bit. unit and you're charging them it's just not um not for me at the moment, but but I, I imagine maybe that, down that'd be, the line that'd be the natural evolution of from your winter gloves to heated gloves. Maybe yeah, that's the, that's next, the next step. step yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess also with this, it's like we we're trying to avoid motorway miles as well. Oh yeah, I won't be going on the motor on the bike. Yeah, because you, you think the wind chill at that speed. I mean, it's so bad. It's it's bad enough just getting on the bike and doing thirty miles an hour around London. Yeah. Um, but getting on the motorway, I couldn't picture it. So fair play to anyone who has a long motorway commute on their bike at this time of year. That's brave. Yeah, I think you, yeah. Not not to be recommended from us. No, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess one one thing that is nice, or is it nice, is salt on the roads, because mm. it does provide a bit of grip. Uh, yes. But it, it is your bike. the Achilles heel of most bikers. In yeah. Um, it's something where it's very interesting. You always know the first day when the salt has been laid because you just you see the change in color of the tarmac yeah it goes that sort of that whitey gray color it's like it a does. light gray and you just know yeah they've been out gritting and you'll be sitting at the lights and you'll see the sort of the, the space the space between the the central reservation and the kind of traffic light and you'll see the the ice uh, the, the the salt building up on the yeah. sides and 
And that's when you know if you haven't give you, given your bike its kind of annual winter mm, prep. It needs it. It needs it. And I was very fortunate because last week we had an exciting shoot that came up. And so I gave my Bonnie, my scrambler, I should say, proper clean. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I gave it a real soaking, scrubbed every last bit of it, and then followed that up with sort of two coatings of ACF 50, which is um, anti-corrosion formula. And it's basically what most bikers seem to use. Everyone's yeah. Everyone's got their own product that they use, but most most go with yeah, ACF no, I, I, um I should get some actually, because I tried last winter some anti-corrosion from Muckoff. Oh, yeah. And it sort of gave my whole bike like a blue film. I remember that. <laughs> every every single part of the bike had like a blue tint to it. So I ended up washing that off and not using it for the rest of the winter because it just looked funny. Yeah, it's um, you can't underestimate the power of the salt. Um, you know, because with the bikes that we've got, they're so exposed. Every yeah. last bit of them being air-cooled with those fins and there's so much metal You've got no fairings to protect the bike. Exactly. And, and you get the salt and water splattered all over the bike and you can't this is the thing you can't see it but you know it's there yeah and that's that's the bit that it's i find silent killer. it's a silent killer <laughs> and it's only by spring where you start looking at your components and you think oh no either, yeah. either i did my due diligence or i didn't do enough exactly and um yeah so i try my best to at least with the scrambler stay on top of it because i really don't like the thought of of rust creeping in no. so yeah i did a full full coating of acf 50 and the bike was looking nice and shiny um if you are going to use the product, just be careful because the following morning when you start it up, it does smoke quite heavily. It burns off the excess, doesn't it? Yeah, it burns off the excess. So it's just as long as you're aware of that, it's no issue. But the first time it happened to me, I couldn't. I was like, "What is going on?" It's such a weird mm. smell as well. Yeah, when that stuff burns. Um, but also, as we've talked about slipping on roads, don't get it on your tires because oh yeah, I accidentally squirted a bit on on oh, the really? tire on the centipede, and I was trying to wipe it off, and I couldn't believe how slippery it was yeah so um it's just another thing yeah avoid it for um tires and discs tires and discs it's a good rule of thumb yeah um but i think once once you've done that you're pretty much good to go yeah and as long as you keep a sort of regular routine of washing reapplying because it doesn't last the whole winter one coat so you do have to reapply um especially if it has been raining and the roads are wet it will wash off 100 percent. so it's good to know that um yeah regular application Definitely, and it's also it's always less effort to do that in the first place than having to replace engine oh, rusty components. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. And also, I guess you want your bike performing as well as possible in this time where the external conditions are slightly unpredictable. Yeah, you want to be able to rely on it and know that every time you get on your bike, it's gonna do what you want it to do. Hundred percent. And I guess also on the, on the, on the subject of salt on the roads, there are some people that look out and they think, no, I'm not taking my bike out. It's just going to get eaten up. Yeah. And so a lot of people ask us, they say, when can we ride in the winter? And my answer to that is always, if it's if there's been a storm the night before, if it's rained heavily, mm. not snowed, and the roads are kind of wet in the morning, chances are you're good to go because the salt's more or less been... Been washed away. Been washed away. But as long as it's not below freezing, because then you'll get ice. Yes. And they'll be resalting the roads. And they'll be resalting the roads again. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than being behind one of those salt. One oh, of those, those gritters. gritters. I haven't been behind one on my bike. Yeah, I, I I have once. I remember it last year, and um, you know, it just spits out. Yeah, you can hear it hitting right and left. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, so that's definitely worth avoiding, if possible. So, gosh, it's we're making winter riding sound quite 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 impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, but it's got to be done. 
Um, and I think that's the key. As long as it's above zero, you're good to yeah. go. But one thing that's interesting is that even if it is warm enough, as it were, to ride, the bikes are often still covered in frost. Mm. And my solution to that, a bit like a car, is instead of scraping it with a credit card, is I just fill a jug up with warm water and just pour it over the bike. Just to, just to get rid of the frost, yeah? Yeah. And But to be fair, I only have that with my mutt, which is uncovered. If you've okay. got if, if if you've got a cover, yeah, I'm quite like, fortunate to yeah, have garage. If so you're garage, then no issue. It's no problem. Um, but even still, like the cover gets completely frosted and kind yeah, of. but it's like stiff. crispy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, so yeah. Um, any other any other thoughts on on winter riding tips? Um, I suppose just layer up. Just make sure you're warm. Yeah, that's one of the. I mean, I'm an advocate for many layers. I'll wear thermals with my jeans and then. Thermal top, long sleeve t-shirt, short sleeve t-shirt, jumper, sweat top, jacket, you know, really, really build up the layers. And then even I have like a, um, like a balaclava mm. that I wear under my helmet with the neck tube. So it's almost like I'm wearing a beanie inside my helmet. Oh, okay. Um, keeps the ears a bit warmer. And then with the neck tube pulled up under the goggles, you know, your whole face is protected if you're wearing an open face helmet. Um, this is, this is my first winter going open face mm. and it is, it's very different. It is. The only thing I can I can compare it to is because last winter I was doing I was riding with my Bell Moto three, but I hadn't discovered clear goggles size. So oh like, yeah, dark, and and that's <clears throat> just as just as especially bad. when it's cold and the cold air gets in your eyes and your eyes start streaming. And yeah, and then you, you really, just can't do it. You can't see a thing, and then it gets dark and, and then you really are stuck. Yeah, that's why I've I've opted for a yellow tint in my goggles because it, it just it's not that dark of a tint that I can't see, mm. so I can wear them in the night daytime and it's perfect. Yeah. But um, people do say open face is quite brave in the winter. And in many ways, I agree. There are some, some days where I've gone out this week and I've just thought, I, my face is so cold. I mean, it sounds yeah. obvious, but yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, no, it's like, we might be stupid for doing it, but yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it on, on, on winter, winter riding tips. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that you just got to be sensible. and, and ride But also, I think it's important if you're, if you don't feel confident riding in that weather but you feel like you want to go on the bike i think you should just avoid it because if you're not feeling confident something is more likely to happen 100 percent. um so you know you've got to be confident in your ability and just expect that there could be you know hazardous road conditions and stuff that could happen that is definitely because also so much of riding is, is being relaxed on the yeah. bike and and being kind of fluid with it and i think if you don't trust the tarmac you're on you inevitably you stiffen up yeah and that just does nothing for your riding. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, winter riding. Winter riding. There we have it. So uh, yeah, good luck everyone out on the roads. Um, yes, stay keep, safe. Yeah, stay safe. Rubber side down, not like me on Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Are you going to change out your front tire? Are you just going to keep going? Well, you I have another, this. You have so, another slip. No, well, oh. I, coming back from our meeting the other day, yeah. I was also just taking it very, very carefully. And I wasn't going fast and I felt the front tire go again. So I'm almost thinking to change my front tire because I have a, a TKC 80 from Continental on the back. And I've had zero issues with that. But my front tire is like a, it's a remold of a classic Dunlop trials tire. Mm. And um, for the summer it was fine, but I think in the winter it's just not providing that grip. So I might consider switching to a TKC 80 on the front just for the winter. Do you think that because you're, because of the stance of your bike, 
and the way that's raked up and, and you've got your bars back a bit. Mm. Do you think your weight being back on the bike causes there to be less weight on the front tyre? I've, I've thought about this. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking now because I, from the stance on my scramble, it feels quite forward and my elbows are up and it feels like I'm driving a bit of weight down into the front end. Yeah, I have thought about this um, and I have tried sitting further forward on the seat and when I sort of, you know, if I, if I bounce on the bike to actuate the suspension, mm. it's even on the front and back. So I think my weight is quite evenly centred. Okay, yeah. But I think it's just the tyre. Yeah, I think it's, it's got to be got to be dealt with. It's got to be dealt with for the winter. Fine in the summer, but yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Q and A. Yeah. Moving on. Q and A. So the first Q and A. The first Q and A. So yeah, as 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 you guys expected, this is this is going to be the sort of third section of each podcast, and uh, we reached out onto Instagram yes. a couple of nights ago, and uh, and and saw what you guys had to say. Um, it's just a general Q and A today. Um, yeah. We thought we'd open it up to the the floor and, and 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 see if you guys have any questions yeah no no uh specific topics just any questions for us i suppose for sure and and we haven't done many q a's in any form no um, until now not so at it's all. quite a nice quite a nice way to to answer them so yeah why don't you kick it off with the first question so i had one here from uh let's see the not bobber the not bobber, the oh, bobber. oh yeah yeah okay cool and it's a favorite spot to ride in london ah okay yeah good question um, it's quite a tricky one, I think. It is a tricky one because London is 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 so different, but also so it's a really diverse city. Yeah, and you've got so much of everything everywhere, and everything is so different from even just within a mile. Um, I mean, there's a, a ride that we do quite frequently, um, which is from the bike shed in Shoreditch to Bar Italia in Soho, mm. and as a group ride. That's quite fun. Yeah, so so for those of you that don't know, bike the, yeah, the bike shed's in East London and Bar Italia is is, is an Italian kind of cafe, it's a cafe yeah. in, in the heart of Soho. And historically, I believe it was where the, the mods, the, the sort of scooter lads would, yeah. would go and hang out on their on their Vespers. But it's become more of a just a bike spot in general now, isn't it? It has and, and, sort, and almost bikes. we've sort of created our own you know, we've got a group and, and, yeah. and throughout the summer, most Friday nights we'd head there. Yeah. And um but I guess that ride is fun mostly because of the group. Yeah, and the I group think, makes it fun. Yeah, and I think that would be my answer to the question. It's like it's not about where in London is it's it's who fun. you're with. Yeah, it's who you're with. Hundred percent. And if the vibe's right, I think there are, you know, there are sometimes where we maybe push it a little bit too far in <laughs> London because the more people you have, the more you egg each other on. You've got to kind of the energy builds up quite quickly. Keep the cap on it a little bit, but um, yeah, I think riding in a group in London is super fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, and especially when you're all on custom bikes and and different bikes. oh everything's it's, different yeah it's, it's good fun to look at. it's you're sitting at the lights and you're chatting and you're laughing and there'll always be someone going and turning off your bike it's, yeah. just, it's just a bit it's a bit of a laugh isn't it um so yeah I think I think it's more about yeah, who you're with who you're with definitely yeah so next question go on uh let's see best beginner bike best beginner bike so this is from uh, Reese Burnett. Reese Burnett. That is oh, the thing is, it's, it's so, all relative. It all depends on your on your riding ability. So he so he's mentioned here. It says, uh, "Make your own price bracket for a beginner." Oh, okay, okay, fine. So I mean, I, I would start this off by saying, if you are a complete beginner, mm. the best beginner bike is a one two five. Oh, hundred percent. Because a lot of people they get to, you know, they might be in their late twenties when they start riding. Yeah. And they do their direct access, and as far as the law is concerned, they can get any bike they want. Oh yeah, they can and get, get and and they can start on a you know nine hundred cc bike. And yeah, I personally think that for, for some people it works, 
but I would say for most, get a one two five. Do six months to a year on it until yeah. you're comfortable. Learn how the engine works. How it responds to how your inputs, yeah. Exactly, because a one two five is so forgiving and it behaves very similarly in, in the way that the gears work and everything to, to any other bike. Yeah. And so I think you're better off getting really comfortable on a, on a, on a smaller bike before jumping up um, because then it's that natural progression. And also, the 125s in London, you can get a really cool-looking classic yeah, bike. Yeah, like a modern classic, classic modern classic style. Yeah. And they aren't very expensive, no. relatively. And they, they, they do hold their value to an extent. Um, so I would say you, you probably wouldn't lose very much money by getting something like a Mutt or a Herald or a Bullet, one of these bikes, yeah. having it for a year, enjoying it, and then upgrading. Because the, the the next person who's going to be in your position, when you come to sell the bike, they'll be looking for the same thing. Oh, yeah. And that's why often you have, if you've ever bought a 125 before, it might only be four years old, but it'll have seven owners. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's always that six months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so it's always funny because when I, um, I helped a friend out the other day buying a Mutt, Oh, and okay. uh, we went and the guy we were buying it from was like, oh, you know, to be honest, I've only had it for three months. So uh, I can't tell you that much about yeah. the services. You haven't done anything to it. And so it's like, okay, good to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think so, a 125 is definitely the best starting point because also a lot of bigger bikes, you can, let me put it this way. A 125 might be more forgiving, but also because it's such a lightweight bike, it can also, I find it personally harder to ride a 125 on the road in some conditions than a big bike yes so that that is a good point and i think i guess what you're you're saying is that the the quality of bike is better yeah. on a more expensive you, you know, can the quality you can, of the brakes quality of the tires quality of the everything suspension. it just feels more sturdy on a bigger bike but then the, the 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 sort of counter argument to that is to say well if you do have an accident you'd rather have it on a 1500 quid 125 yeah than a brand new bonnie but yeah you know so i think you what i would say is there's no there's no rush no get your license don't rush into a big bike yeah take your time take your time get something small something cheap and cheerful just so you can especially if you're riding a city um because there's that much more traffic and if you're on something that's lower powered you're going to be going lower speeds and you're going to be able to anticipate better 100 percent. and also there are bikes out there now in the kind of 300 cc 400 cc bracket yeah. classically styled that are that are perfectly good you know all these new royal enfields that are coming out yeah. these single cylinder bikes are, are just as good you know if you're someone that's on a cbt 125 is your option if you want something with slightly more power but still ultra forgiving Perfect around town yeah yeah it'll be everything you need cool done cool. next question um carbs versus fuel injection so i think we should keep this one narrowed down to just triumph yeah because yeah. it's so both the, what we know bodies. yeah okay go on well you, you take this off so okay so my bonneville is on carbs if you don't know so it's and, 2005 and mine is fuel injected so here we go. <laughs> yeah so this is the debate now um to be honest i've never had any issues with my bike at all it's so analog that the the one issue that i have had was the main fuse falling out on the side of the road and literally just a case of plugging it back in and off i went because there's no ecu there's no computer there's you know it's just very basic um and then even as far as tuning the carbs and stuff i've never had to touch them Mm. they've been fine you know i just jump on pull the choke out fire it up let the bike warm up choke off and away you go and uh it just can't get more simple than that yeah because i guess if you're 
if you're going down the route of getting a carved in line four, that's when you start thinking, yeah. okay, you've got that's... four carbs, they've got to be balanced and they've got to be retuned. And yep. it's a bit more complex, but for the, for the parallel twin that's, that our bikes share, um, I mean, is there really much difference? Well, they, they, they behave very similarly. For, the, for those of you that don't know, the, the fuel-injected bonnies, so mine, my Scrambler is fuel-injected 2013. Mm. They, the fuel injection came in after 2009. Yeah. And um, it still has a manual choke, despite being it? fuel-injected. Yeah, I think they've tried to keep some of the nostalgia of having carbs. They, well, yes, also because the, the, the throttle bodies look like carbs. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people think they are. Um, but it beha- the point I'm making is that it behaves a lot like a car bike and when it's cold it doesn't just start you know you need the choke and if you're you know if you I re- I posted a, a video on Instagram just the other day of me stalling uh, yeah of, I saw oh, that I stalled in front of some construction workers and I was coming around it's that square in London it's a Grosvenor Square or whatever where, where all the embassies oh are. yeah and I'm cruising along and I'm doing some filming and I slow down and I couldn't quite I was like struggling to find gear for something. You know when you're going blip, 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 and, you, and it's all you lose a bit track of it, junky. Yeah. And uh, I must have thought I was in first, but actually been in second. And so uh, they had looked, they had had a look at the bike as they crossed the road. You'll see in the video. And and then I go rup to give it a bit of clunk. and it's just Bleh! and I, I just leant forward. And and they turn around. They're like, oh mate, it's <laughs> gutting when it happens. I know. And so let's then start the bike and I'll run out of there. Um, but uh, yeah, the point is that that felt very carved in its nature yeah. <laughs> that encounter so uh, yeah wouldn't recommend but it happens to the best of us um moving on any you got any, any others i think wasn't there one about about um because i've got here why did why did scrambler of london keep his mutt oh yeah that was one um, oh yeah here we go from uh, ij dennett why did uh, scrambler of london keep his mutt only wondering is i have a key to 250 Oh yeah, so, smart. Um, this is this is a question I get a lot because um, some people uh, message me on my account and they get confused. They say, "Hang on, is that your scrambler or is that a different bike?" There's, I that's definitely different, but it looks the same. Yeah. And so basically, I've got a Mutt One Two Five, Mutt Mongrel One Two Five, um, which was my first road bike, which I purchased in two thousand and nineteen, and then upgraded to the scrambler, and I was going to get rid of the Mutt. Mm. However. I all I can say is that I love it and sentimental value it has sentimental value I did some trips on it I went I did my first mile a mile up north I, I rode up to to Grimsley Lincolnshire on it yeah exactly I did um went around the Isle of Wight and um I did I did a few bits here and there and the truth is that a lot of people they jump on a 125 and they think oh this is slow this is boring I just want a big bike I just want to go fast yeah and that's completely fair and in many ways I had the same desires but when I got the scrambler I thought this is not a complete replacement of the mutt and the mutt still has its charm. It still has its charm and it still has its value. And um, I guess for me around London, the mutt is, is sort of my beta bike. Yeah. And you can just jump on and go, jump on and go less fussed about, about it being warmed up. Also, most importantly, less fussed about it being stolen. Um, My, my scrambler is, is covered overnight. It's heavily locked up. So just jumping on it and and going is, is less easy. Yeah. Um, So, you know, chances are if I get a call from you saying I'm around the corner and I've just had an accident, I just run out the door and jump on jump the mutt. Jump on the mutt, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I also saw the other day that you used the mutt as your sort of mule. The mutt is the mule. I've, I've renamed it from the mutt mongol to a mutt mule. Um, 
and was it loaded at Jetwash? You had loaded on Jetwash, yeah. But I've had all sorts of bits on the back. I've had a I've had a, a leaf blower on the back in the past. I've had furniture. Um, so that whenever when I'm uh, flogging my scrambler parts from my storage, that's the delivery bike. Yeah, that's the delivery bike, or you know, at least the courier bike to the post. To the post office, yeah. And uh, I've had no issues. I mean, I did have something the other day where I normally have just a bungee attached to the back of it, mm. and. Um, on this occasion, I came out in the morning and my bungee was all snapped and oh. like wrapped around one of the wheels. And I thought, hang on a sec. And, I, and my first thought was someone's come along in the night and chopped it. Yeah. And then as I looked at it closely, I realized what must have happened is I must have gone over a bump and the knobbly caught one of the ring, you know. Oh, one of the hooks on the bungee. Caught one of the hooks and then dragged it round. And, and wrapped around your wheel. Split it, yeah. <laughs> And so I had, it took me about 10 minutes to kind of unravel it because the, the actual bungee was yeah, like wrapped yeah. around the wheel bearing four or five oh, times. Right. Um, so yeah, we'll be reviewing that setup. Yeah. <laughs> it needs some, yeah. It, yeah. It needs a sort of, it needs an upgrade, I think. Um, but uh, yeah. Any, any other questions for, for, for today that we, we can answer? Maybe one more. Um, Maybe one more. Um, let's have a look. So we've got, we've covered that. Apart from the Malay Festival, uh, what other plans have you got for next year, Joseph uh, Hubbard? Thank you, Joseph. Great question. Um, there's actually a lot on the calendar for uh, next year. There's, there's always, yeah, you know, well, there are always plans. Um, you know, the summer, the summer is so looked forward to. Um, of course, we'll be doing the Malay events again. Yeah, Malay Beach Race, Malay Mile. We'll both be racing. Yeah, no doubt. Um, have you booked any of your tickets? So I have my mile ticket. Okay, right, uh, I need to get onto that. Um, and then. One thing that's 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 really exciting is we're both heading up to the Isle of Man TT. That is going to be an exciting for, yeah. trip. So we'll be going towards the end of qualifying and then be there for for, for a bit of race week. So uh, I was up there last summer and you I couldn't stop talking about I, it. I came back and, and I had a debrief with with Jed at the bike shed and I, I basically just talked to you <laughs> for about forty <laughs> about minutes, saying we're booking the ferry. Um, for any of you that haven't been up, it's amazing. And I think it's something that we might have to talk about close to the time on, on the on the podcast. And yeah, we can have a TT debrief. TT debrief. Um, so that's something to look forward to. We've got a few other plans that we probably can't disclose at the minute. Can't can't disclose at the minute, but basically there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Um, and I think um, I think this this will be the place to hear it. This will be the place when, to hear when it. we can start talking about these these plans. Um, yeah. It will be on, on the midweek debrief, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then maybe when the weather gets better, there was, I think there was one question that said, would you ever, you know, could you do a, a ride out? Oh, or yeah. A, a meet up? So that's something we've been looking into, whether people would be interested in, in meeting yes. up at the bike shed or, or we do something where we, we get everyone together and have a natter. So Yeah, I think that'd be good. Um, we can answer some questions in person. You know, we can just chill out, have a bite to eat. And then maybe go for a cruise across London. But that's something that we will definitely be looking at getting in the diary for when the weather improves a bit. 100%. Yeah. So so stay tuned for that. And then I guess the only other thing to say is is, is also stay tuned for um, the next episodes. We'll have the Q, we'll have a Q&A each week. Yeah. Um, so stand by for that. That will all be released on the Instagram account. So if you just watch out for that, if you've got any burning desires, any burning questions. Yeah. That would be the place to uh, to ask them. Yeah. For sure. And uh, we'll try and get through as many as possible. But um, I think for this week, that's it. I think that wraps it. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye.